Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) Ah, here we are again. So grateful to join together. Let's place our hands on our heart and let's speak a word of prayer here. So grateful, so thankful for the infinite love, the pure intelligence. So grateful that our prayers are powerful. So grateful that there is wisdom that we can tap into and we are. We choose to be supremely willing to remember our true identity, to live as our true selves. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the grandeur of spirit and to know that this is our true nature. So grateful and thankful to give up the illusions and delusions of lack and limitation. So grateful to call forth transformation and healing. We are willing to be miracle-minded, so we allow it to unfold. We let it be. We share the benefits with all brothers and sisters because we are united with them. In gratitude, we know this word is already made manifest, and so we let it be. Amen. 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 Yes. <laughs> This week, the topic is from Chapter 9, Section 8, Grandeur versus Grandiosity. Yes, I'm very excited this week I begin my Depression Demolition Program. And so it feels strongly that I was guided to this Grandeur versus Grandiosity section in relationship to that because we often find that people are so hard and harsh with themselves, really, really harsh, and they cover it up. And so we don't even see it. We don't even recognize it. I know for me, my ego projects uh, still the, the doubt, the worry, the fear out onto others, more than onto myself, but I fortunately have come to recognize that all is one, and that's what I'm interested in living, that unity of life, because when we're willing to recognize that all is one, we will give up the attack thoughts, because there's no way to attack another without attacking ourselves. And there's no way to attack ourselves without attacking everyone else. So for me, that awareness resides in my mind and it helps me keep from thinking attack thoughts, believing attack thoughts, valuing attack thoughts. I am willing to let them go forever. Yes, Holy Spirit, please make it so. Yes, yes, yes. So let's look at this section. It begins with, Grandeur is of God and only of God. Therefore, it is in you. Whenever you become aware of it, however dimly, you abandon the ego automatically because in the presence of the grandeur of God, the meaninglessness of the ego becomes perfectly apparent. When this occurs, even though it does not understand it, the ego believes that its enemy has struck and attempts to offer gifts to induce you to return to its protection. Self-inflation is the only offering it can make. The grandiosity of the ego is its alternative to the grandeur of God. Which will you choose? So clear. Whenever you become aware of the grandeur of God in 
you, in me, in us, we abandon the ego automatically because in the presence of the grandeur, the magnificence of spirit, the meaninglessness of the ego becomes perfectly apparent. Well, doesn't that sound exactly like a tool we can use? It sure does to me. So let's accept our magnificence. Let's recognize our grandeur. So very often we have been taught that to recognize our magnificence and our beauty, our wholeness, the truth of our very being is to be too big for our britches. <laughs> that our head is swelling with thoughts of our specialness. But specialness is so different than grandeur. Grandeur is the essence of our nature. Grandeur, magnificence, beauty, wholeness, wisdom, freedom, these kinds of words and qualities are the truth about our God self, about our identity. But the words of the ego, things like grandiose, glorified, uh, superior, these kinds of words, they really relate to the ego. So we can see there's a clear difference for us, absolutely. Now, the grandeur of God, Jesus is telling us here, is only of God. And therefore, because we are of God, it is in us. And this is the antidote. So this is like kryptonite to the ego. Let's think of it that way, that this is the antidote to our self-attack, to thinking that we are not good enough, that there's something wrong with us. Let us focus on what's true. Are we willing to focus on our grandeur and that the grandeur of pure spirit is awakened alive in us? He says that self-inflation is the only offering that ego can make. And we're very familiar with it, aren't we? We're familiar with people who are cocky and people who are snobbish and think that they're better than others and that they are glorifying themselves and they are... Um, <laughs> in that, that space of hubris rather than humility. So this is why I say and believe and feel and know that it is so important for us to recognize that humility is the door to awakening that we cannot move into that truly awakened state without complete humility. And people think that humility, there's a lot of confusion about humility. So humility is one who would actually accept their grandeur, their magnificence, and not have the hubris, the ego, to say, I'm not magnificence that the grandeur of pure spirit is somehow not applicable to me. So I, I have learned <laughs> the challenging way that we can acquire humility through direct knowing, direct clear insight, or we can acquire it through humiliation. Humiliation is often a mechanism to get us to give up the ego identity. Uh, and sometimes that ego identity, it, the hubris, is that we're not good as well as we're better than, that we're less than. So truly, to me, one of the most valuable 
spiritual truths that we can hold dear is that no one is better than and no one is less than because we're all one with each other. So there's not even equality, there's unity. You see, there's a difference between equality and unity. So let us accept our unity, which requires us to accept no better than, no less than. To me, that better than, less than thinking is what we forgot to laugh at. And so we began to treasure the better than, less than. So for me, one of the great healing tools is to constantly be on the lookout for better than and less than thinking and to eliminate it. Jesus said it this way, what you do to them, excuse me, what you do to the least of them, you do to me. Aha, am I better than Jesus? Am I less than Jesus? Jesus would not think so. Why would I? So this is what he's saying to us here. The grandiosity of the ego is its alternative to the grandeur of God. Which will you choose? And if we choose the grandeur, we are going to eliminate that grandiosity thinking that I either we're grandiose, we're, we're better than, or someone else is. And we are on a mission from God to eliminate this thinking from all humanity. So let's do it. Let's get to it and do it. <laughs> Now, the next paragraph here, again, we're at chapter 9, section 8. Grandiosity is always a cover for despair. So when we see someone who is saying, I'm better than others, those people are losers. Those people are not good enough. They do not deserve our love. If we are in these kinds of thinking... It is a cover for despair. Interesting. It's like anger is a cover for fear. When people are angry, they're covering up their fear. And they're expressing their fear, too. So that can be helpful to us to recognize that, that that's what's going on. I I find that these signals which are in our feelings, in our emotions. They're very helpful to us in recognizing where our thinking is stinking. So grandiosity is always a cover for despair. It is without hope because it is not real. It is an attempt to counteract your littleness based on the belief that the littleness is real. Without this belief, Grandiosity is meaningless, and you could not possibly want it. So some people believe strongly in their littleness, the illusion of littleness, the illusion of lack. Remember, the ego is a lack system because you're in your mind you're cut off from the source of the all good. So all egoic thinking is lack, thinking, limitation, thinking, and therefore the littleness. So if you believe strongly in your littleness, you're either going to, which is the illusion, I should say, if you believe strongly in the illusion of your littleness, then you're probably going to go one of two ways. You're either going to collapse under it, feel you're not good enough, something's wrong with you, you're not worthy, etc., etc., and that's the way most of us go. And then others will hide that under the grandiosity in the I'm better than everybody else. And uh, it's interesting, I recently watched a movie that it just it became it was a movie for me to watch uh while i was 
organizing things is kind of in the background. I felt drawn to watch it. Kind of surprised me. It had a very, very good cast. And it was not what I expected. It was called The Nanny Diaries. And it has Scarlett Johansson, Laura Linney, and Chris Evans. And it, it, it was surprising, truly surprising, not what I expected. And Alicia Keys is in it, too. And it was about this young woman who graduated from college. She was very talented and smart, but she was afraid to make her way in the world. And she got a job as a, a nanny for an Upper East Side mom family. And this uh, child was about, uh, I don't know, six, seven years old. And it was about their life. And the mom's life was all about what other people thought of her in terms of what she ate and what she wore and what she did. And, and she hardly paid any attention to her child at all. It was really the nanny's responsibility. And the child was starved for love, for attention from his parents. And the nanny realized that. So this is what the story was about. Actually, in a lot of ways, it was kind of sad, really sad, that these parents, as they were portrayed in this movie, are not recognizing the preciousness of their children. And I can say I I had some experience in my life, caring for other people's children. And it, it was surprising to me how people will have children the way people would get a house, get cars, do certain things like, oh, this is what we do. And it's not coming from their heart. They're really not interested in connecting with their children, really deeply connecting with their children, really, really guiding their children. And they schedule their lives so that their children have lots of appointments and lots of other things that they're doing. And the parents are doing that. So they sort of meet a little bit here and there. I, I, I that's not how I was raised. So uh, I, I've been surprised to learn that there there are a lot of people who are living that way, and it is ego-driven, and they're doing the very best that they can, and they don't know. They don't know. They don't have this awareness of how the children in your life are to help you remember your true identity, and they are not an accoutrement, <laughs> and they're not a burden they're actually a tremendous opportunity for spiritual connection and loving our brothers and sisters. So, back to grandiosity is always a cover for despair. And when people are not living from their heart, when that is discouraged, because many people, when they're growing up, that's discouraged. I have talked with countless folks whose parents told them children are to be seen and not heard. They were really diminished as children. Their feelings were not important. What they had to say was not important. What they thought was not important. They were a problem. They were in the way. They were always not good, not good. And very much in that place of if you don't make me look good, if you don't please me, then you are not feeling your function as my child. <gasps> Yikes. So I'm, I'm very grateful that I was not raised that way. But I encounter many, many people who do, and it, it, um, it sets them up uh, for depression early in their life because they are deprived of love real love they're de- deprived of of the absolute joy to i mean to me some of the most wonderful times i've had in my life i'm not a mom uh and i have gotten so much joy 
from hanging out with the children in my life, and I feel very blessed by them. It's magnificent. So, grandiosity is a cover, always a cover for despair. Always. So if you think of some people in your life, maybe people you're close to, maybe people on television, in the news, who act with an air of grandiosity, that they're special. It's just specialness. Specialness probably is always a cover for despair, too, since it really is uh, grandiosity. And think of how we yearn for that specialness. We're trying to find it. We're trying to get it. We're trying to have it, be it, know it, feel it. It's so challenging. Yes, it is. And we're grateful and thankful that we have these tools in A Course in Miracles to transform it, to heal it, to relieve ourselves of these ways of thinking. So blessed are we. I'm so grateful for A Course in Miracles, so grateful for teachings of truth in the science of mind, in the unity teachings. We're so blessed that we're interested in them. Yes. So then he goes on to say, it is without hope, it is not real, the grandiosity. So when we see people acting from that belief in grandiosity, it's specialness, better than, just consider how temporarily, momentarily, they're lost in their own mind. They're not really lost because it's an illusion. But in that moment, it is an extreme cry for love, an extreme cry for love. They have no clue who they are. They are lost in time and space. So when you see someone acting from that space, the tendency for many of us is to get resentful because we know they're looking down on us, thinking they're better than us. But if we could recognize that anyone who acts in an arrogant way that is filled with this sense of hubris, that they really need and deserve our prayers to help them come back into their right mind and recognize their grandeur so they can give up the grandiosity and the grandeur of their brothers and sisters, that this is going to be their salvation. So this is how folks who have this arrogance this grandiosity, they are our answered prayer. They are helping us to come back into our heart if we see them correctly. So this is why everything that's occurring in our world, it is for our highest and best. It is for our good if we're willing to see what it's really about So this is why when things bother us, when we get triggered, when we get upset, we're never upset for the reason we think. And there is a healing opportunity that is presenting itself to us in that very moment. Let us make the most of it and not push it away. Let us not look at the person who's arrogant and thinks they're better than us or someone else and think, ah, that loser. Because that is only going to amplify how we feel about ourselves. It's going to boomerang right back to us. And before too long, whether we recognize it or not, we're going to be looking at ourselves saying, I'm a loser. I'm not good enough. And what it really is, is the manifestation of the feelings that we have Because we had an opportunity to choose love and answer the cry for love, and instead we threw an arrow at the person whose cry for love was arrogance. 
it's interesting. That's exactly what this nanny diary movie is all about. Because this woman learns, Scarlett Johansson character, the nanny character, learns so well that this life of this Upper East Side arrogant family is a life of misery. Oh, what's his name? Paul Giamatti. See, the father in it. He was, I think. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, not the life for us. And so we bless our brothers and sisters who are choosing it. It is without hope because it is not real. It is an attempt to counteract your littleness based on the belief that the littleness is real. Right? So that's what's really going on. So let us pray for those who despitefully use us in their own mind. Yes, let us pray for them to be released from the suffering because as they are lifted, we are lifted. All boats rise on the tide of love. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love. And I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Thank you for coming back. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Life is so good. I feel so blessed by the awakening field of love that I'm experiencing with the folks I'm talking with in our classes, in our programs, at Sundays with Spirit. And it's just amazing, 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 really. So important not to give up. Because there definitely was a time when I was very tempted to give up. But I didn't. And so here we are. And each one of us has so much that we can offer to others. And that's why it's so important that we hold on to each other. So I hold on to you. Thank you for holding on to me. Let us know the highest and best for each other all the time. And that is our grandeur, that we can live in the grace of God, by the grace of God. Oh my goodness. So let's keep going here. This is so juicy that grandiosity is always a cover for despair. It is without hope because it is not real. So if we're really entrenched in it, there's no hope in our consciousness Underneath the grandiosity is the awareness that there is no hope with this line of thinking, with this strategy. We've gotten on the pain train and we don't realize it. But this is why the prayers of our brothers and sisters can help us. And when we pray for our brothers and sisters to wake up and remember the truth... They are bringing us back into our right mind because we are choosing to know the truth, value the truth, witness the truth, recognize the truth, and demonstrate the truth. So when we pray for those who despitefully use us, as Jesus encouraged us to do, asked us to do, we are answering the call. And we are answering the cry for love, both simultaneously. So this is why our brothers and sisters are our salvation. All right, so the grandiosity is an attempt to counteract your littleness based on the belief that the littleness is real. Without this belief, grandiosity is meaningless, and you could not possibly want it. The essence of grandiosity is competitiveness, because it always involves attack. It is a delusional attempt to outdo 
but not to undo. We said before that the ego vacillates between suspiciousness and viciousness. It remains suspicious as long as you despair of yourself. It shifts to viciousness when you decide not to tolerate self-abasement and seek relief. Then it offers you the illusion of tack as a solution. Okay, so I love this. <laughs> the ego vacillates between the suspiciousness and viciousness. It remains suspicious as long as you despair of yourself. So some people go to grandiosity, as I said, and some people would go to this place of despair of yourself, where we're not good enough, something's wrong with me, I'm bad, and that's where most people do go. And that is uh, a viciousness, it is a suspiciousness, <laughs> it is being suspicious of your true identity, suspicious of your magnificence. So let us not entertain that anymore. So how do we do that? How do I do that? I can tell you. Uh, and it's being able to use affirmations. I'm a big believer in using affirmations. And I'm the light of the world. I'm an expression of God's magnificence. And especially when we're saying I am, the I am is, the I am that I am. I am is another name for God. So God is magnificent. God is perfect love. God is beauty. God is freedom. God is prosperity. God is abundance. And so am I because I am part of God. Grandeur is of God and only of God. Therefore, it is in you, is what Jesus is telling us. So let us recognize that there is this extraordinary beauty, perfection, wholeness within us. And we can appreciate it and start affirming it. And this is the message then that we send to our brothers and sisters. As I've said before, the affirmation, I am perfect. I am perfect as God as is perfect. I am perfect. Be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And the thing to understand is not, please, Stop being less than perfect. Start being perfect. It's not be ye perfect. It's like, please be perfect now. No, the, that way of speaking, it's be ye perfect. Ye be perfect already. You, you, you already be it. <laughs> and so recognize it. I am perfect, and so is everyone else. I am perfect as God is perfect, and so is everyone else. This is the truth. I'm willing to see the truth. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Holy Spirit, help me to see, to know, to feel, to recognize and value the truth. Holy Spirit, help me to surrender, to offload, to dismiss all ego thinking and thoughts, all ego attacks. Let me recognize the grandeur of every human being, including myself, and to celebrate it every day because it is our God nature. Now he goes on in, in paragraph 3 here to say, the ego does not understand the difference between grandeur and grandiosity because it sees no difference between miracle impulses and ego alien beliefs of its own. I told you that the ego is aware of threat to its existence, but makes no distinctions between these two very different kinds of threat. Yeah, so threat is a threat to the ego. 
The ego's profound sense of vulnerability renders it incapable of judgment except in terms of attack. Now, why does the ego-identified person have this profound sense of vulnerability? Because the house is built on the sinking sands rather than the rock. Because it's all smoke and mirrors, it's all an illusion, it is not true, and it's it's like currency that isn't backed up by gold. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. He says, when the ego experiences threat, its only decision is whether to attack now or to withdraw in order to attack later. If you accept its offer of grandiosity, it will attack immediately. If you do not, it will wait. So if you go the route of grandiosity, the attack will be immediate. So the attack is going to be on your brothers and sisters, which is on ourselves. Right? But if we believe that we're less than, not enough, then the attack will wait. It's going to come later. <sighs> Paragraph 4. The ego is immobilized in the presence of God's grandeur because God's grandeur establishes your freedom. Even the faintest hint of your reality literally drives the ego from your mind because you will give up all investment in it. Now, see, when Jesus says things like this to us, that's when I take note. Because this is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in the things that work. So he's saying, even the faintest hint of your reality literally drives the ego from your mind. Because you will give up all investment in it. So there's no condition. It's not conditional there. It's, he's not saying that uh, if you recognize your grandeur, it's quite likely that you will give up this thought that you're not good enough, something's wrong with you, or that you're better than others, or less than others. He's not saying it's likely. He's not saying it's possible. He's saying this is literally going to drive the ego from your mind. And that's that's how we end our suffering. So this is why I like the simple affirmation, I am perfect, just as God is perfect, because I am part of God. I am willing to give up thinking that I'm not perfect. I'm willing to give up thinking that my brothers and sisters are not perfect. I am willing to see the perfection, to know the perfection, to feel the perfection, to recognize and celebrate the perfection, which is the grandeur, which is the magnificence, which is the wholeness and the beauty and the truth. And this is why I am is the way, the truth, and the life. So let us choose that. It's literally how I speak to myself and have spoken to myself for many, many years now. And I have found that it has brought me tremendous results. Even the faintest hint of your reality literally drives the ego from your mind. It's not more complicated than that. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. He says here, grandeur is totally without illusions. And because it is real, it is compellingly convincing. I can remember when I first started to practice this, uh, with, and it was before I even came to A Course in Miracles, I made a commitment to practice it with my spiritual counseling clients and to see their magnificence to see their perfection, to see their wholeness, and not buy into their stories. This is the commitment of the science of mind practitioner and the Christian science practitioner. This is the commitment to see it. Because when we do, 
everything changes. The illusion dissolves, it thins. It really works. So it is a matter of being willing to practice it, to employ it. And so in the truly helpful prayer, I call it the purpose prayer, this is what Jesus is talking about. So he says, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent the one who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do, because the one who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever God wishes, knowing the Spirit goes there with me. I will be healed as I let Spirit teach me to heal. Now, I've changed some of the words there. I've, changed, I've taken out the patriarchal language of the him and the he and replaced them with God and Spirit and the one. I just, I prefer it. I am here to represent the one who sent me instead of him. Just so do, do as you wish. But this is from chapter 2, section 5, paragraph 1. And page 28 in the FIP version, if you have that. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. I will be healed as I let God teach me to heal. This is the story of my life. This is what I'm doing, and I'm inviting anyone who's interested in this to come into our classes at the Power of Love Ministry. Whether it's Depression Demolition, which starts May 16th, or Finding Freedom, which starts at the beginning of June, Masterful Living, which will probably be again in January, whatever program we're offering, this is what we're doing. I will be healed as I let Spirit teach me to heal. This has been my experience. So sitting with my clients, sitting with folks, especially when I first began, folks who really felt uh, worthless and were quite miserable. I was committed to seeing their magnificence, their beauty, the truth of them. And I witnessed how I was healed by my willingness to commit to seeing, knowing, feeling the truth about them and not buying into their story. Tempting to buy into their story. Oh, yes, very tempting. And people are absolutely committed to trying to convince others that their life is so horrible, that they themselves are so lost and without hope and uh, so sick, physically sick, mentally sick, emotionally sick, ill, all of that. And Spirit showed me, don't buy it. Don't buy it. It's not real. It's their illusion. They're projecting it. They're experiencing it. And it is not the truth of them. See only the truth of them. So my commitment to that, did I do it perfectly? No. I'm a student. I'm learning. I'm discovering. I'm remembering. I'm recognizing. And I have no problem with that. That is my thing. is I'm coming back into my right mind and I'm sharing from my experience, from the front lines. and But that commitment, that willingness to see the truth in them showed it to me in myself. It became a mirror. So I, I started training spiritual counselors in 2014 and I've been certifying spiritual counselors. It's a very rigorous program. I require a lot of people, way more than anybody else I know, more than the practitioner training, more than anything. 
and and it it produces folks who have had gone through tremendous healing and transformation. It does. So I've learned requiring a lot of myself, requiring a lot of others, it ups everybody's game. We do it with love, not with uh, attack. And it's quite beautiful how people are healed and transformed in ways that they never imagined were possible for them. But they were. They were. And that's what working with my spiritual counseling clients taught me. Because people would come in to work with me. They they had some hope and they had some willingness. But generally they were convinced that it wasn't going to work. To the point where I would give them homework and they wouldn't do it. Why, why do it if it's not going to work? But it's also looking at what is your commitment to playing small? What is your commitment to living in lack, attack, and limitation? For most of us, this is how we were raised. This is what we know. And the grandeur, the magnificence, the freedom, the joy, the peace the harmony, the prosperity, the wholeness, the wisdom, the clarity, all of these aspects of spirit are not familiar to us. We do not believe that we can attain them. We believe that we are less than. And so why even try if you don't believe it's possible? So for me, this is where a lot of the, the work for spiritual students is, is just to be willing. I made a set of willingness cards, which I, I give to folks in my classes, because being willing is the key. It is. Of course, of Course in Miracles teaches us. Paragraph four, the ego is immobilized in the presence of God's grandeur. Because God's grandeur establishes your freedom. So let us practice our grandeur. Our, he says here, your grandeur is not delusional because you did not make it. You made grandiosity and are afraid of it because it is a form of attack. But your grandeur is of God who created it out of his love. From your grandeur, you can only bless, because your grandeur is your abundance. Do you have abundance issues? Do you have prosperity issues? Well, would you be willing to accept your grandeur, your magnificence, in order to cure the sense of lack Remember, if, we're, if our nature is grandeur, if our nature is magnificence, and it is our abundance, yet we deny it, can we experience the abundance and the prosperity when we're in denial of our magnificence and our grandeur? Can we? Can we fully experience it? I don't think so. Not been my experience. When I was so entrenched in not good enough, something's wrong with me, I struggled with abundance. I did. It was a real challenge for me. Getting into debt, staying in debt, couldn't get out of debt. Even when I did get out of debt, got right back into it because I didn't heal the consciousness that made the debt. I had to forgive myself always comes back to self-forgiveness. I had to forgive myself for not recognizing my grandeur. I had to forgive myself for thinking I was less than. I had to forgive myself. All of that. And I did. And that's when everything really began to change. So self-forgiveness is the key. 
If you don't really know how to do this, the forgiveness work, at the very least, you can go to jenniferhadley.com and get my free How to Get Over It workshop. It comes with tools. It comes with a whole workshop. It comes with video. It comes with a whole bunch of stuff, and it's totally free at jenniferhadley.com. How to Get Over It. It's right on the home page. And I've offered many free forgiveness workshops and all kinds of things. I'm I'm consistently offering forgiveness. Self-forgiveness is the foundation of every program that I run. It is the foundation. It's the foundation of the Stop Playing Small Retreat. We'll do another one in September. It's the foundation of Finding Freedom, Masterful Living, even depression demolition, it's just required in order for us to break free of the ego. We have to break through of break free of the ego thoughts that we're not good enough, that something's wrong with us. We have to forgive ourselves for condemning ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves for being mean and cruel to ourselves and others. It's challenging to look at that stuff, but whew, once you do, it's so liberating. It, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I, I, I struggled for decades to figure it out. And now I see people figuring it out and really doing the work in just a couple of years, what took me decades to do. What could you figure out and share with others that you've struggled with for decades but in just a couple of years, you could become so masterful that you could share it and help others and, and heal your own life and family. Whoa, let's do that. Let's do that. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for your love and support. If you value this podcast, won't you consider making a supporting donation? Uh, you can do that at jenniferhadley.com. There's a donate button your your donations are nonprofit, uh, are nonprofit and um, are tax deductible. All right, I'm so grateful and thankful for the love that we are. So grateful and thankful that the Holy Spirit is leading us, and guiding us back into our right mind. We share the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Mwah.